Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all that you've done, all the work that you put in to bring salvation to us, to bring closeness and relationship with the Father to us. Lord, you, you went through so much. You endured so much for, for the joy that was set before you of getting to welcome us into your family. And God, we're so thankful to be in your family. And so, Lord, as we get into your word this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring revelation. God, let it not just be words from a page. Let it not just be words from my mouth. But, Holy Spirit, let these be words from you, breathed by you, bringing revelation into our hearts. God, teach me as I share. Teach each and every one of us as we hear. And, Lord, I thank you for, for uh, Craig Smee, for the whole Smee family. Uh, thank you for what you're calling them into right now, Lord, this next step in their journey of constantly seeking you, constantly advancing your kingdom and seeking to to save the lost. Lord, I pray that you would give grace and grace and grace on their family, strength, peace in the doing. And Lord, I thank you that you would bless that congregation. Thank you for what you're doing in, in Brownwood, Texas, that you would just continue uh, to grow those people, draw them closer to your side. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so so this morning, we're talking about being blessed. And I just want to say this, if anybody's here this week that wasn't here last week, I went ahead and acknowledged that there's a lot of different things that could come to mind whenever we talk about being blessed and operating in God's blessing. So rather than repeating myself and explaining myself I would encourage you to go back, go on the app, uh, Victory Life Church, find in Boswell Campus messages, hear what I shared last week, because I, I know that it's easy to get caught up in, oh, well, this is just a prosperity gospel, you're thinking that God's a genie in a bottle, whatever, or there's this other side of, you think that God just wants us all to be poor and in the mud, okay? We, we tried to set the stage a little bit last week of, of what we're really talking about, because it is truly important for God's people to be blessed. I'm so glad I get an amen on that. It's, it's so important for, for the people of God to be the most blessed people on earth. That's, it. That's how he designed it to be. If, if we have chosen to follow Christ, if we've chosen to set our citizenship in his kingdom and our heart firmly placed in his kingdom, then of course God wants to pour out all kinds of blessing on us. And so what, what that is not saying is that we prove God with our possessions. Okay? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you're not serving God good enough if you don't have a really nice car. Or that once you get to build this really nice house, then that proves to us that God, you must be really following God because that's the blessing. Now, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about blessing. But what we're talking about in blessing is to live the thriving, blissful, happy, enviable life that God has created humanity to live. When he first set humanity in the garden, he told them to be, go be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, enjoy this thing that I've created, live it, take hold of it, till it, bring something more beautiful out of it. That's what, how God designed us to be, to thrive, to thrive. He designed us for that, that purpose. And so if we are lining ourselves up with God's word and with Jesus, then of course we're going to live that kind of life. And we talked about this last week that the stakes are so high. The stakes are so high because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that experiences, honestly, 
quite the opposite of blessing on a day-to-day basis. There are so many people who their lives are this hamster wheel of feeling cursed, feeling downtrodden, feeling misplaced, feeling unwanted, feeling isolated. And the, the Bible, Proverbs 11, 11, says that it's through the blessing of the upright that the city is exalted. It's through the blessing of God's people that the entire city is going to benefit and be lifted up and be encouraged and exalted. And so the stakes are high. We should be seeking out God's blessing. We should be living and operating in the blessing of the Lord, not for our own selves, but so that this entire creation that God's given us can thrive and be exalted and be lifted up. I believe it's in James that the writer says, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask to heap it up on your own lust for your own purposes. The blessing is not about accumulation of goods. Blessing is not about stockpiling your own possessions. Blessing is about giving. Blessing is about giving it out. Blessing is about seeing the people and the things around you thrive, not just yourself. That's how God's, God's blessing works. And so, of course, yeah, you're, you're not going to receive when you ask because your purpose in asking is just to heap it up on yourself. The way God's people are supposed to be designed is, man, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to operate, love, walk in God's blessing so much because I've got something to pour out to somebody else. So that's why the stakes are so high for us to be people that walk and operate in God's blessing. And so what I want to start talking about this week is how do we do that? What does that mean? Because I've seen it. I've been it. You've probably seen it and been it at some point in your life too. You've probably been that Christian that is not operating in whatever blessing is. You ain't got it. If, if that's you this morning, that's okay. I'm not going to look you in the eyes, okay? But there, we've all seen it. We've all known it. There are so many Christians. Some, some Christians have the most sourpuss look on their face all the time. Like they just popped a warhead in everywhere they go. They're just, they're not looking, not acting, not feeling like they're actually blessed and highly favored of the Lord. That's not, not what they're exuding. And I'm not saying that you need to fake it, okay? I'm not saying that you need to put on your happy face so that everybody can think you got it all right. It's all right for Christians to have troubles. Jesus actually said in this world, you will have trouble, okay? He didn't say maybe you will. He said it's going to happen. So it's okay for us to have troubles. It's okay for us to go through problems. But in the middle of that, what is the general ethos of what we're carrying? What is the the primary direction of our life? In the middle of trouble, in the middle of hardship, do we have that same kind of Apostle Paul mindset that, you know, I can think myself happy even in the middle of this. I consider that, you know, I still am truly blessed. And and that Apostle Paul mindset that like, you know what? I've learned the secret of living with plenty and living with little. That it, things can go rough, things can go poorly for us, but we can still, man, be right in the blessing of the Lord. And so I, I, I think that you're getting what I'm stepping into a little bit here, what, I, what I'm talking about. And so how, how do we operate and walk in that blessing without, you know, being fake and phony? I don't want any of that. But what I want to talk about is, is positioning ourselves to be in God's blessing. Positioning ourselves to be blessed of the Lord and to receive His blessing. Because the fact of the matter is, we talked about this last week, God is a blessing God. It's what He is. It's what He does. It's who He is. He blesses. And so the question is not, will God bless me more or will God bless me less? The question is, He's blessing all the time. Am I going to position myself and put myself in a place where I can actually receive it and walk in it? 
All right? Uh, our God is not a God of lack. Our God doesn't run out. He, there's not so much supply of blessing. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The world is his and the fullness thereof. God doesn't lack anything. He doesn't lack blessing. And so it's not a question of, is there enough to go around? It's a question of, am I putting myself in a position where I can really receive this? Am I putting myself in the right position? I'm going to use a sports analogy just because we've been so starved of sports lately because of COVID-19. But uh, I, think, I think maybe somebody's starting football up. Is that correct? Who knows? We, we don't have a football church. That's fine. But I th- whenever I'm thinking about positioning ourselves to receive God's blessing, I think about the relationship between a wide receiver and a quarterback in American football. Okay, so if let's just act like, so God's a quarterback putting that blessing right in the pocket every single time, right where it needs to be. But the question is not, is he making the pass right? The question, if we're not receiving a blessing, if we're not getting it, the question needs to be, okay, am I putting myself in the right position? Am I running the route correctly to where I'm in the right spot at the right time, where that pass is going to be there every time, but am I actually there ready to receive it? Because if, if he's putting the blessing right here and the route goes there, but I'm actually veering off this way, there's a problem and it's not God. Am I right? So am I in the right position? Have I put myself in a position to actually receive that blessing that he's pouring out constantly, that he's always given? Anyway, I don't know football that much, but that was my my shot at a football analogy. You're welcome. But really, really whenever I think about this, about positioning ourselves in God's blessing, so this is where my my stream actually goes. So I'm, I'm actually more of a history guy, more than football. But I remember studying early world civilizations. And if you look all across the globe, the places that these earliest civilizations developed, where did they where did they spring forth? Where did they come up from? A water source. You always you're not going to find an early world civilization that didn't have some kind of major tie to a river, to some kind of natural source of water. You look at Egypt has the Nile. You got the Tigris and the Euphrates, uh, the Ganges in India. You've got all these, these civilizations grew up around the water sources. And it makes sense because where that thing is, things are going to flourish. Things are going to, uh, life can develop. And so it's the same here. So if we want to operate in God's blessing, we got to put ourselves in that water source. We got, we got to position ourselves correctly to be where it is. We can't position ourselves in the middle of the desert and think, well, God just doesn't love me here. God loves you very much in the desert. But he says, hey, I got this nice river over here that you could build your life around and you could experience and enjoy the fullness of it. So how about you move yourself over a little bit? Okay, it's not a God problem, but we need to position ourselves. So that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. How do we position ourselves to receive God's blessing that he's, he's pouring out? That's a never-ending river. He talks to this Samaritan woman in John about Rivers of living water that will come up from the inside of you that will never run dry. How do we position ourselves to be around that kind of blessing? If you go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28 is what I'm going to read. And the first thing that I want us to talk about this morning is positioning ourselves around God's Word. If we're going to put ourselves in a position to receive God's blessing, we have to position ourselves around the Word of God. Because again, we talked about this last week. Blessing is relational. Blessing is spoken. All the time in Scripture you see blessing spoken and it even starts here. So this is what what God says in uh, Genesis 1 verse 
26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God had already said two verses ago, this is what I'm going to create man to do. They're going to be made in my image. They're going to have dominion. And then after he creates them, then he says, he blesses them and said, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. So even this thing that he created them for, he speaks it over them. His word is this blessing that says, okay, now go forth and do this thing that I've created you to do. And his word, honestly, even if you back up even more in Genesis, in the very beginning, it's his word that even spoke the universe into existence. It's his word that created. It's God's word that brings life. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is such a cool verse. In Hebrews chapter 11, 3, it says, by faith, we understand that the world was created through God's word. So what we see is created by what's unseen. Man, that, just an understanding of that alone, I feel like is a game changer for us Christians. That would be a game changer if we truly, by faith, understand that the way this whole world began was everything that is seen was created by God's word, which is unseen. So even now, why don't I start to look more to the unseen than to the seen? And it's God's word that created all of this. God's word. And yeah, here's the deal. I'm, I believe that I'm preaching to the choir a little bit this morning. So I'm not going to drone on too much about how important God's Word is because I know that we've got the Labor Day crowd here. Okay? So this is the people that love God so much that on Labor Day weekend, you're in church. All right? And I know that you're, you're in a good church right now that preaches and values the Word so much. So honestly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about how we can see how powerful and how true God's Word is. But honestly, just to hit some highlights... You look at the prophet Ezekiel. God calls him over and over throughout the whole that whole book to go prophesy. He said, this is my word. Prophesy my word over these people. Prophesy my word over that mountain. Prophesy. And then even this valley of dry bones. Valley of dry bones says, speak to the bones. Speak my word. Prophesy. Speak my word over those bones. And the bones start to live, take shape, form together. Flesh comes on it. God's word brings life. God's word brings life. Even Jesus. Jesus is the fullness, the full representation of God. And if you look in the book of John, the gospel of John, the way that that gospel writer, the way John frames an entire discussion about Jesus, who he is, it's the word of God made flesh. He could have just said, this is who God is. This is another member of the Trinity No, he chooses to say this is God's very word made flesh. Jesus is the full representation of God's word in the flesh, dwelling with us. The way that we see the Father is because his very word took on flesh, became like us, became one of us so that we could see what God's word looks like. And y'all, that word has the power over sin, death, the grave, everything. It's a powerful word, God's word. 
So here, here's what I really want to get at, because I do believe that we've got people in the church this morning that knows God's word is powerful. We value it. We love it. We want it. We want to seek it. And so I really want to just get into a little bit more of the practice and the practical side of things, because I do believe that we have a high value for it. But here's the deal. Can I, I've, I've heard some amens. Can I get an amen that God's word is so powerful and so important in our lives? Okay, good. Amen. Awesome. I knew that I was in good company. I knew that that's where I was this morning. But can I also get an amen that just as much as we love and value God's word, am I the only one that can grow in the word? No, okay. So we've got others. Even though we value, even though we love it so much, there's room for growth. There's always room for development. There's always a way way to go forward. And I'm telling you, the more we position ourselves around God's word, what he says, who he is, the more we position ourselves around that, the more we're positioning ourselves around the river of God's blessing. And we are that blessed people through whom the city is exalted. And so I want us to grow in this. There's some ways that I want to do it because here's the deal. As we get practical about this, so many people, whether you love the Lord with all of your heart, reading is not fun sometimes. I don't get any amens, but I know you're thinking it. Okay, so a lot of times when you think, oh man, I need to get more of the Word in my life, that means um, I, I need to spend more time reading. And honestly, yeah, I believe that we need to read Scripture, but I'm telling you, if we want to think practically about how do I get God's Word in my bones? How do I, how do I get all of His Word in me to, so that this is a part of just who I am? I'm, I'm building my life around this river. Then I'm going to tell you, we need to grow in our reading, but listen, if reading isn't your thing, listen. We've got apps. We've got Bible apps, people who can read the word to you out loud. If, if reading isn't your thing, listen to the word. Let it just be on in the background as you're going through your day, as you're making your drives. Listen to the word. Honestly, going to church is a big thing. I, I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I'm preaching to people who are at church. But to just encourage you to continue in that practice, continue in that. You know, the word says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And honestly, one of the big reasons for that is if you find a good church that preaches the word, just in the act of being at church, you're around the word. You're around what God is saying. And you know, things have changed a little bit. In our present day, we have the words in front of us that we can read for ourselves. But even in the early church, the way people heard the word was showing up to church to hear it. They weren't reading it. Even in the in the book of Revelation, if you see Revelation 1, Verse 3 says, blessed is the person who reads this prophecy aloud and blessed are the people who hear it and do what it says. So even just say, hear the word, show up to church, listen to, to God's word. I pray that we would continue to be a church that values the word more than anybody else's word, that values God's word more than what the Republicans are saying or what the Democrats are saying, that we would value God's word more than any other voice. That's, that's my heart's desire. And I know, I'm telling you, if we're hearing Pastor Dwayne preach, we're getting the Word. If we're hearing Pastor Jacob preach, we're getting the Word. I'm going to try my darndest that if you're hearing me preach, you're hearing the Word. That's my goal. That's my heart. So, so being at church, meditating. Honestly, this is a practical one that I want to focus on is meditating on the Word. So knowing and being immersed in God's Word is not just about reading through the Bible from cover to cover. Honestly, you could take one verse, maybe one thing that is a principle that has stuck out to you from God's Word and just meditate on that. Meditation is a part of just like 
thinking, even praying that word of like, okay, I've got, I've got one scripture that, you know, I haven't heard God unveil all this big revelation to me from the whole scripture, but there, there's this one verse that really has meant a lot to me. Man, be faithful with that. God's word says that if we're faithful in the little, he'll make us ruler of much. So be faithful with that one word. If there's one scripture that has just meant a lot to you, pray it, meditate on it, think about it. God, well, what are you trying to say in that? What do you want to teach me in that? Let that word guide my life today. Be faithful in that. So that's it. Even if you're not reading pages and pages and chapters, meditate on the word that you know. Meditate on it. Y'all, we need to, we need to grow in this that, because this is a part of building our life around this water source. Building our life around the water source of God's word, his blessing coming out of that, coming through that. So there's, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different practical ways that we can talk about really build, building our life more and more on God's word. Honestly, some of this even would come down to relationships. You probably know people in your life who know the word better than you do. Spend time with those people. You know people who don't know the word from the back of their hand and don't want to know it. Spend time with those people enough to evangelize to them. But don't let that be your water source. Don't let that be the thing that you're building your life around. Find those people who truly are in love with God, in love with His Word, who it seeps out of them. And let's start to till that ground, build our life around that water source. So it even comes down to relationships. This isn't just about what we're reading or not reading. I'm trying to get practical here. So if we are going to be a people who live and walk in God's blessing, if we are positioning ourselves to be blessed of the Lord, then the first thing that's first is to position ourselves around the Word of God in reading it and listening to it in praying it and meditating on it in just wanting to be around it. Letting it inform you. How about this? Obeying it. There's a lot of different people who know the Word cover to cover, but they ain't obeying anything. There's a lot of people who can study the Word really, really well to try to prove God wrong. And you could, you could know the Word but for argument's sake, what, what's that going to do for you? But to know the Word, obey the Word, to do the Word, not to just be hearers of the Word only, but to be doers of the Word. Obey the Word. That's a part of us building our life around that water source of God's Word, who He wants us to be. The next thing, uh, so... Of course, this focusing on God's Word and, and the blessing that is transmitted through the Word, of course, that comes down to reading Scripture. But there's another thing as we're considering about positioning our lives around the water source of God's Word is to focus on our words as well. And so the second thing that I want us to focus on is allowing our words to be blessing words. Because that, again, that's how God's kingdom works. That that thing that you sow is the thing that you're going to reap. So if what you're sowing with your mouth is blessing, then what is your life going to look like? Yes, we are smart. We, we got this. And if what you're sowing with your mouth is cursing, is bringing people down, is gossip, is slander, is criticism, what are you going to receive? garbage garbage that's a great way of putting it 
And even if it's not somebody else talking about about you, but even just in your heart, because remember, this blessing, it, it starts, it's an internal state. It's not about what we have on the outside. But even internally, if that's what you're sowing, man, that's what you're going to be living in. That's what you're going to be wallowing in with your entire life. Because anyway, I could go in, in on that, but there is a misconception that making others look bad and feel bad makes you feel better. And that is complete garbage. What you sow is what you're going to reap. I've never met someone. I've never met someone who always speaks highly of other people and who's always quick to point out the good and the value in other people. I've never met someone who like, who's like that, who didn't also have this enviable, blissful, happy internal state that is what comes up when we talk about blessing. Could anyone talk about someone who always talks good about other people, who is always sowing life with their words and just feels terrible and cruddy all the time? No, we don't know people like that. You would be, you can't find somebody like that because that person, what's coming out of your mouth is also what's going on in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, you know what, if you want a better heart, maybe look at what your mouth is speaking. It's through... Amen. Proverbs 11.11, through the blessing of the upright that the city is exalted. Is our city exalted through our talk? Is Boswell exalted through the things that we are saying to one another, to ourselves in this church? Are we speaking blessing over Buck Eastwood? Are we speaking blessing over the city council? Are we speaking blessing over the school board? Are we speaking blessing over the teachers and school administration? Is the city being exalted by our talk? Are we speaking blessing over the businesses in this area? Or are we criticizing everything that everybody does? Are we saying, oh, little old Boswell, poor old Choctaw County? No. Our, our words need to be speaking life, speaking blessing. And, you know, I, I hear, I, I call them like I see them. I'm a realist, okay? I'm just, just calling them like I see them. I know that perspective. I've been that, okay, sometimes more than others. I've been that perspective. But here's my challenge to that. If you're calling them like you see them, and that calling them is always the negative, always the worst of the worst, change how you see them, okay? Because we're not supposed to be realists. We're supposed to be kingdomists, all right? We're supposed to be seeing the way God sees things. And remember that what comes into this world is created by those things that we cannot see. And so if you can't see our city officials making right decisions, speak to it. Say, you know, man, we've got blessed city officials here. We've got people who are there because God's appointed them to be there and God is going to use them to make good decisions. And may God bless their families. May God give them wisdom and the heart that they need to lead well. Let's speak that because those things that we're going to start to speak are going to end up being reality. We know this from the Word. It's by faith that we understand that, that this entire world, these things that we can see, started out and were generated by something we couldn't see, not the other way around. So what are our, what are our words saying? Are our, our words being a blessing and, and, and exalting this city, exalting our families, our town? Are the things that we're saying is, are we speaking life over ourselves? Speaking life over the people close to us. If you only have bad things to say about yourself, that's not humility. Humility isn't just cutting yourself down all the time. Humility is saying, oh, well, maybe I am who God says I am. And I'm going to say that. Even if I don't feel it, 
I'm not just going to pretend. I'm not just going to put a happy face so that everybody's fooled about the turmoil that's going on in my life. But I am going to speak what God's word says over me. And I'm not going to cut myself down all the time. I'm not going to cut the people around me down all the time. I'm going to speak life. What, what, is, what is coming out of here? These, these words create realities. What realities are we creating with our words? Let's bless. Y'all, there's no better um, person that I could go to to talk about this than James. Oof, yeah, I hear some amens already because you know we're about to get into it. So in James chapter 3, starting in, uh, I'll start in verse 9, but here uh, James is talking about the power of the tongue and what a powerful, destructive, life-giving, all across the board kind of power this tongue can be. And this is what, what he says about it. He says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. I'm just going to stop right there for a second. Anybody already convicted? Okay, if you're not convicted, you're not listening. I'll say it again. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. Raise a hallelujah. Pastor Mikey, your singing stinks. You see what I'm saying? With it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Is our, are, are the words coming out of our mouth salty? Is it salty speak? Or are we going to have some fresh water pouring out of this? Because we can't, we're lying to ourselves. We're, we're lying to ourselves. We're coming and we're saying, bless God. God, you are so good. God, you're so loving. You're so kind. I love you so much. You're so great. And then that very same hour, that very same day, criticizing our spouse, cutting down our kids, cutting down the, the city officials, talking about how bad the, the worship leaders are. I'm not talking about y'all, other worship leaders. And I wouldn't say it anyway because I'm going to bless. But is, is that what our, our words look like? Are we trying to force out of our same mouth fresh water and salt water? It's not going to work. It's not going to produce. And so, y'all, I want us to be a people who are blessed, who are pouring out blessing. I want people in this city to see that, man, we are developing. This city is growing. This city is prosperous. It must be because that Victory Life Church must be speaking over us. It must be because all those people at Victory Life Church and all the other churches in this town are so in love with God, so a part of His Word, so prosperous in that and so much blessed that, of course, we're receiving the blessing too. That's what I want for us. And so, what's coming out of the mouth? Salt water, fresh water. This is, y'all, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm convicted as well. I'm convicted as well. We all have room to grow in this. Just like in the Word, we can say, yes, amen, it's true. Just like in this with our speech, we can say, yeah, that's so right. God help me. I need to grow. I need to develop in this. So Lord, help us to grow. This is where I want us to end. 
is in Hebrews. If you'd go to Hebrews chapter 12. Because more than anything, our ability to be blessed, our ability to to have the word and to grow in the word, our ability even to speak blessing and life over other people, I don't want us to get confused and think that we can do any of this on our own strength. I want us to remember the source. If we're building our life around this water source and positioning ourselves for blessing, there's one water source. There's one place that we can do this, and it's only by the grace of Jesus Christ. It's only through Him that we can experience the goodness of His Word. If it's not for Jesus, this is just words on the page. It's Jesus that brings life. If it's not for Jesus, our best words can fail because it's of our own strength, but He's the one who can bring life to it. The Lord, as, as I was thinking about, okay, how can, how can we close this up and it not just be about like, hey, go do this and that and then you're going to be blessed. No, we, we want to be pointed to Jesus. And the Lord brought me to this, this scripture here in Hebrews 12. And the writer here is talking about how we have not come to a thing that can be touched. We've not come to a tangible kingdom, but we've come to something that is intangible. And, and the writer's describing it in all these ways of what, what have we come to? We've come to this Mount Zion, this, this intangible kingdom of God that maybe we can't see with our eyes, but it's all around us and it's so real. And he's trying to bring this reality of what we as God's people have come to. And so that's where we're picking up here as, as he's describing this in, in verse 24. We've come to this in verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Y'all, the Lord brought me to this scripture as I was thinking about how, how can we value the word? How, how can we build our lives around the word? And honestly, even just thinking about this word that Jesus' blood speaks. And it, that made me go back and read the story of Cain and Abel. So if you go back to Genesis 4, you can see the story of Cain and Abel. And God goes to Cain after he's killed his brother Abel. He says, where's your brother? Cain has this smart aleck remark. Am I my brother's keeper? And God tells them that even now, his blood is crying out to me from the ground. Abel's blood was calling out and speaking a word. Abel's blood itself was speaking that Cain is guilty. And God even told Cain, he said, well, through that, the ground's going to be cursed. You're going to be cursed through the ground because you're not going to be able to be fruitful to multiply these things that remember as a part of God's blessing, what he's called us to do. You're not going to be able to do that anymore because of this blood that is crying out from the ground that's speaking against you. And here in Hebrews, I just love the way the author wrote this out to say that Jesus is sprinkled blood that's telling a better word than Abel's blood. Y'all, you know what? Just like Abel's blood was calling out from the ground, speaking guilt over Cain, y'all, Jesus' blood that is sprinkled not on the ground, but on the mercy seat and the throne of God is speaking out and calling out that you and I are innocent. In Him, because of Him, it speaks a better word, speaking innocence, speaking closeness and connection, speaking that, yes, we can be fruitful and we can multiply. We can do and be who God's called us to be by no other power but this blood of Jesus that's calling out on our behalf. The word of that blood, speaking a better word than the word of the blood of Abel. Calling out, speaking about this curse of of this cycle of guilt and shame and hiding from God and not being good enough and not measuring up, creating this new cycle 
in the blood of Christ that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We can come boldly into God's presence. We can be innocent in front of Him. We can be loved. We can be welcomed into the family of God. Receive connection with God and the people around us because of Him. Y'all, if there's any blessing in our life, Ephesians 1 says this. We talked about this last week. That it is through Christ that we have received every spiritual blessing. If there's any blessing that we can have. If there's anything that this city can be exalted in, it's through the blessing of the blood of Jesus Christ that's been poured out for us for free. Y'all, let's just take hold of it. Let's grab it. Let's build our lives around it. If he's given us this free blessing, why wouldn't we be so passionate about his word to build around that? If he's given us this blessing, why wouldn't we be so careful about what we're saying to the people around us and saying over ourselves? Because God has said something that is a blessing over people. God said something pure and true and good. Why wouldn't we line our lives up with that very word and speak that as well? So I want you to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to position myself to receive and be in the fullness of God's blessing and who He is. And y'all, if we're going to do that, let's position ourselves around God's word knowing that the only way we can do that, the only reason we can do that is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Then let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your blood. Thank you that you speak a better word over us than than any other word that could ever be spoken. Lord, I thank you that you speak a better word than what our parents might have spoken over us as we grew up. You speak a better word than what we can say over ourselves as we look in the mirror. You speak a better word over us than than anybody else. You speak life over us. And Lord Jesus, we want to receive of that life. We want to receive of that goodness that you speak over us. And so Lord, encourage us. Help us. I pray that you would stir up a passion in our hearts for your word. However that looks, whatever the practical step is of that, God, give us a passion about reading your word. Give us a passion about hearing your word. Give us a passion about applying your word and obeying your word. Being faithful and obedient to you. Just give us a passion for your word, Lord. We want to build around that. And Lord, give us discernment, give us wisdom and care over the words that we say. God, I thank you for fresh water pouring out of our mouths. Thank you for blessings pouring out of our mouths, God. That we would bless those around us. I pray that we would bless even those people who curse us. Pray that we would bless even our enemies. Pray that we would bless even the Republicans even the Democrats, Lord, that we would have blessings flowing out of our mouths because you have blessed us. It's because you've blessed us that we can bless anybody else. And so, Lord, we thank you for it. We receive it. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all give it up for the Lord. He's a good God. We got a good God. My last reminder that this Saturday, we need help. Starting at 8 a.m. slash whenever you wake up. We need help. We, we want to be a blessing to this church. We want to be a blessing in our community. And so let's do that together this Saturday. If you would stand, I want to speak one last blessing over you and then we will be dismissed. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.